The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Hey, as you're, you're seated, I want you to turn to the person next to you, someone around you, and say, congratulations. Congratulations. You're probably wondering already why is Jay opening up his sermon telling us to congratulate one another. Well, let me explain. You have perfect attendance in church in 2022. Hey, that's a good place to start. Come on, man. Y'all can give yourself a round of applause. Good job, guys. I knew I loved this church. I knew it. I knew it. I love you guys. Love you guys. Love your commitment. But happy new year, everybody. Maybe the, this kind of like got you all tensed up just now, right? You're like you, you kind of like clinched up the moment I said happy new year because uh, the, the, the past several months has been a little bit traumatizing, just to, just to say, uh, to summarize it in a few short words, right? You're kind, you're kind of stepping into this year uh, maybe a, a little bit skeptical. And um, you know what? I don't even blame you. I don't even blame you whatsoever. Actually, I saw a meme the other day. And had a picture of Jerry Seinfeld with a scared look on his face. And team, uh, I think you guys got that picture up. And had a caption on there. And uh, I'm not sure if the people online can see this, but the caption reads this. The moment you realize 2022 is pronounced 2022. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Y'all, if that does not give you like a snip, a snippet, a little snapshot of a picture of many people's faces the last 24 months, I don't know what does. Maybe you're, you're, you're looking at this year with a little bit of a scared look in your face because you're saying, Jay, I've got a lot of questions and it's only day two. I've got a lot of concerns already. You're, you're over here saying, hey, you know what, like Jay, like the, the, the rates of positivity starting to go up? Is it going to be another year like 2020? Is it going to be another year of shutdowns and, and, and setbacks? Is it going to be the same kind of year that the hospital staff has experienced? Is it, is it the same kind of year that the teachers, because God knows how, how, how hard it's been for, for those individuals. Is it going to be the same kind of year that my business encountered? Is it going to be that, the same kind of year? Is 2022, 2022? Like, we all have those questions, and whatever your questions are, it probably has you going into this year with just a little bit, just a little bit of hesitancy rather than hope. But we we start to look at this world. One thing is for certain, we realize that this world is broken. We live in a very, very broken and very imperfect world, both globally and even very personally. Um... This past year, my family and I experienced a tragedy that was very unexpected. I lost my father in 2021 due to COVID, and it, it set my family reeling. Be- because up until March 2021, I thought that COVID was just another statistic for me. Unfortunately, what I did not anticipate was a text message on March 31st to radically change my year. My year took a downward spiral pretty fast, and I did not anticipate that that one statistic would actually transform the story of my life. It would, it would transform my mother's story. She became a, a, a widow for the first time ever. My, my, my brother and my, my sister's story, now we, we feel like we, we've lost our, our father. He, he was kind of like the, the most consistent figure in our life, and... and and now for, for my kids and, and my wife, now they don't have other memories that they can, they can make with, with their pops. 
But, but one thing I, I know for certain, it's not just me, that there were many other individuals during this past year and during this past season that you didn't anticipate and you didn't expect for your year to make a drastic and even a tragic turn for the worse. And, and, and you, you can't help but just look at the world for what it truly is. It's, it's broken. And, and when people say Happy New Year, you can't help but just feel just a little bit helpless, just a little bit hopeless. You, you know, at the tail end of 2021, health officials were already speculating that 2021 was going to be an even deadlier year than 2020. Where by November of last year, it had already surpassed all of the COVID deaths in the entire two, 2020. This past year, we saw over 100,000 drug-related overdose deaths in a 12-month in a period in our own country. Our mental health got rocked this past season, if, you, if you're not aware of it. Before COVID, before the 2020 pandemic, the, the depression rate for the United States was about 9%. And during the global shutdown, during the global pandemic, it skyrocketed to about 29%. And so you're starting to think, hey, but 2021 wasn't, wasn't too bad, right? I mean, things were open. Vaccines were out. Masks were off. Capacities were, were lifted. I mean, it should have gotten better. But actually, the problem worsened. And it jumped all the way up to 33%. And it now affects one out of three American adults. And, and you can't help but hear those things and you're, you're rocked by it and you feel hopeless because you're, you're thinking, this seems so absolute. The suffering and the hardships, it seems so final. And I haven't even gone on to tell about the violence, the crimes, the other sufferings and the other, the other tragedies. And so how in the world, how do we step into this brand new year that hasn't really already started yet? with anticipation, with expectation, with just a little bit of hope when we feel utterly helpless. There was a, a man by the name of Paul. He was an apostle, and he wrote a, a letter to the people of Colossae. And uh, he actually wrote this while being in prison. He was in Roman house arrest for his faith. He was spreading the good news to Gentiles all around. He was spreading the gospel. I mean, you talk about a guy whose experience, whose year took a drastic turn for the worse. I was doing a good thing. I had a good thing, and all of a sudden, bad things happened to me. I'm in jail now. And, and, and he, he writes to a people that was, that was being persecuted, uh, being, being attacked for, for their faith. And, and so he wrote this letter to them in hopes that it would, it would encourage them. And we'll read a little bit of this, this letter to you. It's found in Colossians chapter 1. And I want to read this from the message translation because I, I love how Eugene Peterson kind of lays it out. He says this, I want you to know how glad I am that it's me that's here in this jail and not you. Now, already, if I'm writing this letter, I, I probably don't have any kind of encouragement whatsoever because I'm in jail. And he's saying this, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's me in jail and not you. And then he, he says this, there is a lot of suffering to be had, to be entered into in this world. Now, you're probably thinking, just like I was when I read it, I'm not encouraged at all. I mean, he didn't sugarcoat nothing. Like, he was like, all right, guys, I'm going to just brace yourself here, all right? It's not even going to be a little bit, y'all. Not even like a few. I'm telling you, there's a lot of suffering to be entered into. Happy New Year. All right, close the books. Like, no, 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 like he didn't sugarcoat it at all. It's like, there's a lot of suffering. That's probably not how I want to like 
like get the people riled up and say, all right, guys, come on, let's, let's enter 2022 with, with anticipation and expectation. There's a lot of suffering that you're going to enter into. See, the reason why we're not encouraged by that is because we want something better. God knows I want something better. I want something better than what I've experienced the last 24 months. I want something better than what I've experienced in March 2021. I want something better, and I'm sure that you do too. And it's not that heaven is, is not good enough. It's, it's almost like we want something like right now. Uh, like I want the wrongs to be made right right now. I want justice to prevail right now. Like, I want, like, cures for this virus right now. I want cures for cancer right now. I want worldwide hunger to be fed right now. I want all of the care to overwhelm people that have been carrying such a heavy amount of tragedy during this past season right now. I want righteous government to stand up and to be raised up in love and concern for all mankind right now. That's why when we read it, it's like there's a lot of suffering that you're going to enter into this world. But I'm so glad that Paul himself did not stop the letter there. Because if he stopped it there, we'd be like, okay, there's no hope. Done. All right. See you next year. Maybe it's going to be better. No, no, no. He continues to say this. He says, there is a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world. Check this out. The kind of suffering Christ has taken on. In the midst of our greatest tragedies, in the midst of the hardships that maybe you've experienced in the past, or perhaps you will experience, Paul offers to us this, this little sliver of hope, this little, this gleaming light of hope. He, and, he, and, he, and he gives to us the, the answer to, to our present hardships, to our present suffering, and he points it to the cruelty of the cross. Look, I know that you're going to experience a lot of suffering. You're going to enter into a lot of suffering. It's the kind of suffering that Christ has taken on. He points it to the cross because he says, look, it's unimaginable the amount of anguish, the amount of suffering that Jesus Christ had to, to take. It's unimaginable the, the cruelty of this cross, but try to, try to imagine it. He was abandoned, forsaken, and forgotten by God himself. It says, I know that you're going through some things, Church of Colossae, Lifehouse. I know that you're going through some things and you're suffering right now. But he's saying this, I'm pointing it back to the cross because, look, it's the kind of suffering Christ has taken on. And he gives us a little bit of perspective about his own pain, about his own suffering. And he continues to write this. He says, I welcome the chance to take my, my share in the church's part of that suffering. I mean, I'm already thinking, it's like, Paul, what are you on right now? Like, I welcome? Like, can you imagine that? I mean, some of y'all maybe had some family over the house for the holidays, and you were welcoming them into the house. Can you imagine if, if hardships knocked on your door? Hey, I'm here. Suffering knocked at your door. Chances are I would slam that door shut so fast. Say, I'll see y'all in 2020. See y'all out of there. No, like Paul is saying, no, 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 I welcome. I welcome it because it's my part to share. And he says this, when I became a servant in this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift. Can, can, can you imagine the thought of, of Paul? What's going through his mind is saying, my pain is a present. It is served as, as a sheer gift so that I may serve you laying out the whole truth so that I can speak about the Bible, speak about the word of God more fully to you. 
How in the world can this man have such positivity for uncertainty? I mean, he didn't know if he was going to have his life taken. He didn't know if his situation was going to go from bad to worse. He, he, he didn't know what was going to happen next, but he says, I don't know what's coming, but I welcome it. I welcome this suffering because it's my, it's my, it's my share of, 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 of the suffering for the entire church. It's, it's a sheer gift to me. How do we approach uncertainty with that kind of positivity? Where, where I don't know what 2022 is going to hold, but I welcome it. I open the doors of my heart to it. See, Paul, Paul actually found a secret. And, and, and he didn't keep it to himself because this secret was found in his suffering. And, and he, he, he wanted to share it. And, and he says this, this secret to, to the people of Colossae. And, and, it, and it's, it's a secret that I feel like for us, it, it's, it's going to give us a, a little bit of, of hope. And it says, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. Like, no one has heard about this secret for a while now. And in this suffering, Paul was able to, to mine out the secret and says this, but now the secret is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is, here's the secret, seven words, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's it. Like, you know, you ever go to like a mom and pop shop? And, like, I know for me, like, I always taste, like, the house sauce and all that stuff. And, uh, like, I have no shame whatsoever. So I'll ask them, how'd you make it? Um, and knowing that it's a secret, right? It's like, so, so how'd you make it? So they'll, they'll give me a few ingredients, you know. But then, like, that's why it makes it, like, a special sauce because it's a secret, right? And so, like, I can't tell you the rest of the, of the, the ingredients. I mean, here's this guy. He's, he's in jail. I mean, people are probably wondering, yo, where did you get this kind of, like, enthusiasm from? Where'd you get this passion from, Paul? He could have told him, ah, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. Like, no, he flat out just says the secret, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so right now, I want to mind for us a principle found in this passage of scripture that I believe is going to be a game changer for us this year. I believe that if we apply it, not just today, but for every day, we can be like Paul and we can approach whatever comes our way, whatever hardships, whatever present suffering that we may be going through, whatever comes our way with a, with a mindset of Paul and says, I welcome it. I welcome it. I welcome 2022. And, and, and here's the principle this weekend. And is this, we have to live hopeful. You got to live hopeful. Come, come on, can you imagine having that kind of positivity in the midst of uncertainty? Like all the, 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 the market numbers are starting to drop and all these things are not lining up and you're wondering like, how can I have hope? And then there's people around you that's been completely level-headed the entire time and you're wondering, what's the secret? What's the secret? Can you imagine coming into a year where you're not looking at your relationships? You're not looking at your marriage with hesitation. You're not wondering if people are going to stab you in the back, if they're going, to, they're going to say something wrong to you, if they're going to let you down, but rather you look at them with a hope. I mean, can you imagine living a year like that where you're saying, man, I don't know what's coming, but I'm ready for it. I welcome it right now. Like, Paul, I get it. Like, we're not looking for suffering in every corner, in every crevice of our situations. I get it. We're not looking for brokenness everywhere. But the truth of the matter is, we live in a broken world. And we come to the realization that a broken world offers us broken things. And when we receive it, we ourselves in turn become broken. And there's suffering. 
and there's tragedies, there's hopelessness, there's helplessness, but Paul is saying, I've got a secret for you, and I want to share it with you, and it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Jesus Christ inside of us that produces the hope out of us. That's how we live hopeful. Now, unfortunately, it's impossible, right? It's impossible to live hopeless because oftentimes we find ourselves living helpless, living hopeless. Ah, I didn't get the the promotion that I wanted. I lost my hope. Ah, that person walked away from me and did not meet my expectation. Now I'm helpless. Ah, you know what? Those numbers are not adding up in my business, and, and I don't know if I'm, I'm going to make, make this payment. Ah, I lost, lost my hope. The reason why we can't live hopeful is because of something else that is inside of us. It actually causes us to place our hope in anything and everything else except Jesus. You see, we, we try to go outside, and we think that, you know what? If I get that, that income, that's going to be my hope. I'm going to be really secure then. You know, if I'm driving that car now, if I got that wife or if I got that husband or if 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 I got that friendship or whatever the case may be, if I got that, then I got hope. Or, or, or we try to think that it's something that we can muster up inside of us, and, and so we, we change it up a little bit. We change up that letter. And so for our letter, it may, it may say, it's the fear in me. Here's the mystery. The fear in me is the hope. Or it's the anxiety in me. That's the hope. Because if I can just worry about it enough, it'll fix itself. That, that's that's, that's going to be my hope. And the, the only bad part about that is that hope is, is pretty temporary. It's conditional, and it crumbles under the weight of hardships because it's not strong enough to hold it. And living hopeless ends up leading us to a life of death. And this is due to what's inside all of us. It's called sin. See, sin is any action, any thought, any intention that goes contrary to who God is. And, and this sin puts in us the, the, the desire to place our hope everywhere else except Jesus, and it leads us further and further away from God and all things good and down a path of destruction and ruin forever by God. God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to come into this world so that he can come into our lives and to die for our place and take on our pain, our shame. And so in his death, all of our hopelessness, our helplessness, our tragedies, our mistakes in the past, present, and future heaped up on the life of Jesus. And in his death, he defeated death once and for all. Now, you may be thinking, well, well, Jay, does that mean that my hope is dead because Jesus died? No, 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 no. You see, quite contrary, because the, the power of the Spirit of God inside Jesus raised Jesus from the grave, defeating sin, death, and hell, so that our hope is not dead. It's alive, and it's living through the power of the resurrection. Come on. It's living hope, y'all. It's, it's alive. And so the power of his resurrection gives us the ability, gives us the ability to have not just forgiveness, but a brand new, everlasting kind of life. And so maybe your question today is how? How does this work? You see, God's spirit, which is alive and eternal, it makes his home in our spirit. And now the spirit that, that says, I want to place my hope in everything else, but just leaves me hopeless and helpless, it moves out in the spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the grave is now within us. Come on, it's, it's, the, it's Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory. Our hope is not from the outside. Hope is an inside job. And so what happens is when we have transformation from death to brand new life through faith in Jesus, we're filled with hope. 
Through the Spirit of God, he leads us into living hopeful and hope-filled lives. And so today, you may be wondering, well, how do I live hopeful? I want to give us two complimentary thoughts this morning. And the first is this. To live hopeful, rejoice in suffering. To live hopeful, rejoice in suffering. Here's what Paul says. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you've heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. In the midst of Roman house arrests, Paul is declaring to this church, and Paul is declaring to this church that I can rejoice in the midst of my hardships. I can rejoice in, in, in the trying times. I can rejoice in the midst of my pain because Paul found the secret in seeing his suffering correctly. He was able to reframe his suffering with the greatest tool of all. It was hope. See, hope causes us to rejoice in the midst of our suffering because it allows us to see it from a different side. It allows us to see suffering from God's angle. And so it reframes it so that we can rejoice in it. Here's how typically we, we, we respond when we encounter suffering, hardships, or trials. Typically, we will respond in one of two ways. First way is fight. I'm just going to fight the odds. I'm just, I'm just going to beat the, 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 the injustice. I'm just going to beat this thing until, until there's no more thing to beat. Or there's flight. This thing is too hard. I'm ready to go to heaven. I want to escape everything. I want to escape the messes of this world, the messes of this life. I just want to escape it. As much as you and I, we have every heart and every desire to eradicate all the tragedies, all the hopelessness in this world, we understand that this is a losing venture. And so we try to escape it. But Paul is saying, no, 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 look, I've, I've got a different way. I'm going to show you a key to rejoice in your suffering, and it's not going to be fight. It's not going to be flight. I'm going to put another option on the table for you. For us, it's endure. It's endure. He, he, he actually says this in the previous verse before he says, now I rejoice in the suffering that I'm going through for you. He says in the previous verse, how? So how do we endure? He, he first says, I want you to continue in your faith. I want you to continue in your faith. He, he says, I want you to be steadfast. I want us to be determined. This year, I want you to resolve in your heart that I am going to cling on to Jesus. I'm going to cling on to the hope of the gospel, the good news. I've got some good news. This is what's going to cause us to rejoice in our suffering. He, here, here's what he's saying. I want you to continue in it, which means not just when it's comfortable, but also when it's uncomfortable. Come on, I want you to continue in your faith when Pastor Patrick is preaching and when he's not. I want you to continue in your faith on Tuesday afternoon when you're already ready to call it quits for the week. I want you to continue in your faith when you don't have a worship team leading you in a worship during your commute. I want you to continue in your faith. I, I saw a picture the other day that said, do you need the Holy Spirit to get to heaven? And on the, the bottom tagline says, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I need to continue in my faith because this is what brings us hope is the good news. Because I can assure you this tomorrow 
or even a few hours from now, here's what I want you to do. Homework assignment for you. Go check the news. I guarantee you there's going to be a different article with a different headline. And it may be good news. It may be bad news. Here's the good news for us. The good news is still good tomorrow, the day after that. The day after that is 24-7, 365 days a year, and you got access to it. That's what causes us to rejoice. And then he says, I want you to be established. I want you to stand firm. I want you to not be moved. Like, that's worthy of rejoicing because the fact that we know that regardless of what comes our way, regardless of what hardships come our way, I've got a, I got a hope that's solid. I can stand on this and I can rejoice because of it. And so do you have a hope that's able to reframe your suffering so that you can rejoice while you're in it? Lastly is this. To live hopeful, we got to remember our assignment. Remember your assignment. Is what Paul said, I've become its servant by the commission God gave me. I've, I've become a servant by the assignment God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you is the hope of glory. In, in the other translations, Paul, Paul said that this suffering is, is a sheer gift so that I can serve you. He understood his assignment. Paul understood that suffering was part of his assignment as a servant, that his suffering only allowed him to speak the word of God more fully. Can, can you just ponder for a second? Can you imagine if Paul never preached while he was in prison? Can you imagine if he never whatsoever preached while he was in pain? Like, what if he was like contemplating? He's like, ah, should I talk about this stuff? It's kind of hard. Like, no one wants to talk about hard things. Like, should, should, I, should I write this? Like, what if he excluded all that stuff? Imagine you and I, we would walk throughout this entire year, the entire years of our life thinking that, man, God must hate me because I, I lost this person. I lost this job. I'm experiencing this kind of persecution. God must not like me at all. But God understood his assignment. But, but Paul understood his assignment. And my question is, do you? Like, he, he understood that my assignment was that my, my suffering actually caused me to, to speak and, and share the secret with all these people. There, there's an assignment for, for you and I right now, and, and, and Paul found the secret to his assignment was in the secret of the mystery, knowing that it's Christ in you, it's the, the hope of glory. Can, can I just tell you right now, nothing in 2022 is going to happen by accident in your life. I want us to move in this year with an assignment. Your suffering is, is, is not punishment from God because through faith in Jesus, I'm welcomed by God, I'm a child of God, I'm loved by God, and my, my suffering is not punishment. It's not punishment to you. It, it's an assignment. It's an assignment, and that, and that assignment has a purpose. See, God says that I revealed it to all these people, this mystery that it's Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. Paul could have kept it to himself, but he wanted to share it because that was part of his assignment. Now that you know the secret, your assignment is now to, to share it. God will use your hardships this year as part of your assignment. It is not an accident of God. It's literally an assignment from God. 
So next time you approach hardships, next time you experience hardships in, in, in your life this year, think of it this way, it's homework. It's homework. And God has already given you the answer for it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look, our pains, our tragedies, our losses, our sufferings are, are what God uses oftentimes to reveal to us his hope and shine through us his hope. Paul could have looked at his, his pain as a prison. He was physically bound, but I assure you his pain did not make him a prisoner. He said, right here, it's a platform for me because now I can tell you fully about the hope that I got. The suffering that you'll encounter, the suffering that you'll have to endure. Perhaps the things that's happening to you or the things that will happen to you is not just going to be about you. Because there's going to be people out there that's looking at your life and they're wondering, how in the world can they still rejoice knowing that I know that they lost that loved one? How in the world can they still rejoice knowing that I know that they're experiencing that heartache? Here's your assignment. I want to share my secret with you. Here's my secret. It's Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. You have one of two options to do with your pain. You either make it a prison or you make it a platform. Choose the latter. Make it a platform to share the secret of where true hope truly lies. And here's our hope. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is that this world is not the end all be all. It literally is just a preparation for a better place to come. Our hope is that we serve a king who, who rules a perfect kingdom of justice, of love. He has a place where there's no more fear, where there's no more death, where there's no more tears. There's fullness of joy and fullness of love. That's our hope. That's our hope. That's it. That's the hope that I had to cling on to. When I lost my father last year, it was heart-wrenching, heart breaking. But today, I'm even more reminded of that reality of where my true hope lies because I, I look at this, this Bible. My mom gave it to me this weekend because I couldn't find my Bible. She said, hey, use your dad's Bible. And when I was, I was preaching with it the other day or, or during this break, I was preaching with it and, and, I, and I turned to page two and my hope was exploding out of my heart. On page two of this Bible, it said, second birth with the Lord, July 3rd, 2009. My hope is that there is a reunion. My hope is that I serve a resurrected king that raises people from the grave and gives us new and brand new everlasting life. I don't know what tragedies, what suffering, what hardships is going to come our way in 2022, but come on, if, we're, if, if we got this hope, then let's say, bring it. I welcome it because it's my share and it's just my opportunity to share my assignment with people that I've got a secret to tell you that it's Christ in me, it's the hope of glory. So if you're here today, maybe you're in need of that hope. You're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I have that kind of anticipation. I don't know if I have that kind of expectation or that kind of desire to see the next day because I don't even know how I'm going to make it past today. Can I just tell you, true hope is in Christ. 
It's only through faith in him that we can have true and living and alive hope. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and to make him the Lord and Savior of your life, would you do that today? What, what better day than to start your first Sunday of the year and saying, I got new hope, I got new life, and I'm going to place it in Jesus. I'm placing it in Jesus. And so if that's you today, would you let us know? Text the name Jesus to 81411. We have a team that would love to pray with you. Speaking of, if you're on the online campus right now, put, put in there. If you're making a decision to follow Jesus, our team would love to know. Put in your prayer request. We want to make sure we pray for you. We've got a prayer team over there in the back. We want to pray for you as well. We want to celebrate this brand new life of Jesus, hope-filled life with Jesus. Today, if you've already made that decision, how does God want you to begin to reframe your suffering so that you can begin to rejoice while you're in it. What, what, is, what is that suffering stirring right now inside of you? It's, 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 a, it's stirring an assignment to, to begin to share where true hope lies. Who do you need to share that with today? Who do you need to share the hope of eternity with? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's your kids. We're on assignment this year. Would you stand with us? I want to pray for us. I'm believing for new hope. I'm believing for new life in this place. I'm believing that, that, that God's got a great year in store for us because I don't know what, 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 what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I know who holds tomorrow. And so, Father God, I thank you today that you are not a God that is lacking of hope. And so, God, whatever anyone is right now that their hope tank is a little bit empty, God, turn it up a little bit. I try to do my best to try to fill it up as much as possible. But, God, you do it, God. Fill their, their life tank up because in you there's new hope, in you that there's new life. And so, God, we're coming into this year not knowing what this year is going to hold, but we know you hold us, and we welcome this year because you're already in it. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.